Hello and welcome to episode 29 of Coffee and Circuses. It's a special episode this week as I have three guests joining me, Charlie Edwards, Alex Davis and Vicky Saywood-Reed, all of whom have just finished their undergraduate degrees in classics and archaeology here at Kent. On today's show, they reflect on their time here at university and what a life-changing experience it's been. Charlie discusses his time with Kent Raising and Giving Society. Alex talks about coming to higher education as a mature student and the opportunities it's given her. And Vicky looks back on her time as head of the Kent Classics and Archaeological Society. They also give advice for any would-be students, chat about their future plans, including sticking around for MAs, and most importantly, how one day I'd like to be stuffed and put into a museum. It's all about the student lecturer dialogue, you know. So thank you for joining us and a shout out to the Institute of Classical Studies who support the podcast via a public engagement grant. And now on to the show. So I guess the obvious place to start is, so tell me why Barbarians in the West was your favourite module. (laughs) (laughs) Funny to say that, actually, Barbarians in the West was the reason I then did, like, Roman Britain and Everyday Life. So you say, why was it your favourite? Like, making a joke, but it probably actually was one where (laughs) preferred modules that museum studies, but... Oh, great. That was the very start of that. That's fantastic. Um, that was only meant as a joke, but I'll take that. Um, but yeah, so, so all three of you now are at the end of your undergraduate degrees. Yeah. You've all... You, have you, any of you got your full marks back yet? We were just talking about this before. You're all kind of waiting on stuff? Or? Uh, I got everything back. Have you? Yeah. Have you? Yeah, I got the... the uh, yeah, I didn't do any exams, so I got my coursework's back. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I think, and I've cheated because you, you know you go online and there's like those, oh no, only almost to the table. Um, you, there's like those grey calculators, you put all your modules in and you could have the percentages and all that naff. Or I'm going to have to careful not to swear. Um, I know you can Oh, fucking fantastic. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I got that all into the one of the calculators and it just said like 67.85%. Like, percent oh, and I'm just, with preponderance then. Yeah, I, mean, I, I hope so. So I might, I, so at the bare minimum, I'll get a 68 because it's pretty much just a 68. Or, or, um, or a 72 if I'm lucky. Two ones fabulous though. I know, no. Like a, like a high two one with honours is, mm. is fantastic. Oh, yeah. So I technically kind of cheated, kind of, but not technically because of using online. Stuff. Oh, yeah. I don't mean cheating in there, God no. I was going to say, <laughs> I don't know what you're about to admit to. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <sighs> and the other two of you as well, though, you, you, I mean, you both kind of roughly probably know where about you are, like, in yeah. terms of. So, how, I mean, overall, though, but how does, it, how does it feel to be at the end? I mean, me and Alex were talking a little bit about this before we started. How does it feel after three years coming to the end of your undergraduate? I don't think it's something. Yeah. No. Yeah, I think it's not. I don't. I feel a bit rudderless. I don't. I think really it's because we're still here. Do. Like I'm still spending um, yeah. so much of my time on campus and at uni, yeah. like seeing people who are still doing exams. And I think it's quite sunk yeah. in that I don't have to do any work anymore. <laughs> I sort of feel guilty when I'm like not really doing anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm happy. I just did that. I just lay down, just like making like I'm doing bracelets now in my free time, and I'm just doing that. And I'm just like, thank God. <laughs> Though I don't feel like it's fully over yet because I'm like you know you're eventually doing a masters. Mm-hmm. 
I just, because of that, I don't feel like it's fully over quite yet. Because oh, like, I was going to say, so are you, are you doing a master's as well then? Is that the plan? Or uh, eventually, I'm taking a year out. You're yeah. taking a year out. Because Alex, you're going on to do part-time master's. Yeah, coming back next and you, year. And Vicky, you're going on to become one of the dark overlords of the university. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we prefer to call them Sabs. Sabs is fine. So I you're think, going on to do, uh, in the union, your position is? Uh, academic experience. So everything education. So I'm still very much involved in the actual university as opposed to the union I'm sort of more student facing student outwards so I'm not really stopping being at university Um, and I'm probably going to still continue reading and studying whilst I'm Mm. still here whilst I still can because you're are you still planning to go on and do a master's after that yeah hopefully so so all of you are kind of intending to stay in higher education so I suppose in some respects as you say (laughs) you're not entirely done but I mean but still in any case like undergraduate it's kind of a little bit end of an era because I'm guessing that I mean as you say Charlie you're taking a year out Alex because you're going you're shifting to more part time aren't you to to work with other things Um, I'm I've got I think there's an awful lot of other pies. I'm an outreach ambassador. I'm also an ambassador for Seckle now as well. Um, I'm be helping with a couple of projects that Kelly Rudolph is doing. I'm on the EDI committee and was part of our Athena Swan application, which is uh, which is successful. So yeah, I thought part time made sense to um, to fit everything else in as well and not feel as though I have to be in the library till till like in the morning, which I can't do. Um, so, and I'm still outreach ambassador working as well at the moment. So it, it it's not really much different to mm. time, to be honest. I guess, though, as I say, it's one of those things that I think when you finish undergraduate, like you're saying, you're kind of intending to stay in academia in somewhere or another. But it still does kind of feel like an end of an era because I'm guessing, obviously, mm. like, you know, the, the people that you live with, people that you hang out with, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, you know, the kind of stuff that you've done in the last three years. People start to go their kind of separate ways and. Yeah, it must feel slightly. Does it feel slightly surreal though? Yeah. Like three years, it goes I've, like that. I've lived, it? With, I've lived with most of my housemates for the last three years. I've known them since first year. So for us, everyone sort of just started finishing their degrees at different times, and everyone started to either go back home or looking for jobs and moving off. And it's just me pretty much staying next year, and it feels very strange that all of my friends are leaving. I'm um, not leaving. You're not leaving. You're <laughs> <sorry. laughs> it, it is weird. Yeah, you yeah. Can say goodbye to people and they mm. and they go, and you don't really know how long it might be until you see them again Um, and it's having spent so much time with people particularly in in the run up to things like the dissertations we've we've all we've worked so hard and we were this group of studying people working away frantically on these projects and and you get to rely on those people being around and all of a sudden they're not and that's that's quite sad Mm -hmm. I guess when you spend seven hours a day sat in Rutherford Dining Hall working on other people, yeah. it gets to a point where you're like, oh, I'm not seeing those people anymore. Yeah, yeah, real end of an era, scary. Mm. I don't know where those three years have gone, so. Yeah, but overall, reflecting back on it, success, been enjoying it? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Gotcha. Well, I mean, you were saying higher education, so I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I enjoy the pain, I don't want to stop. Um, so, I mean... 
if you look back over over the three years, if I was going to ask you, have you had it, got any kind of highlights in mind or things that really kind of stand out over the three years? I mean, you've already mentioned Barbarians in the West. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> how, I mean, just overall, that, that kind of university experience, how, I mean, looking back over it now, three years, that seems like it's gone a blink of an eye. What, what for you has been some of the big things that have stood out? you take away from it academic or it doesn't have to be academic or, or just more kind of social aspects or whatever how do you how do you feel looking back over it I think it's been a really it sounds a bit lame life changing yeah I came into university after 20 odd years in industry I've now got a part time job being an outreach ambassador which I love I didn't even know that was a job four years ago um, and that's been amazing I think academically Museum studies stands out because of the chance to do the internship. Um, with Charlie and I were at Canterbury Cathedral Archives, and the talk that I did that came out of that, which was astonishing. And the other thing has to be learning Latin. Yeah, the poetry is beautiful, and and that just that that experience of doing that original beginners Latin module and then carrying that through those three years, and be able to after a bit of time read Latin poetry and be able to translate it and really understand it has yeah really been been amazing and it's changed the way I look at grammar as well in, in English and changed the way I look at language so you came you saw you learned I did I did oh dear. should we go now yeah. if you'd have said that in Latin I'd have been more impressed <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Charles? Um, the Museum Studies internship was fantastic as well, being with a group of these groups of people who oh, it's hard. It was it was fantastic. Yeah. Like all of the, everyone that worked there had such a passion for learning, and and I could ask them one thing, and they'd be like, I know, and they would go to uh, to any form of bookshelf and just pick out three things, and they say, Oh, this is the minimum. If you want more, just ask me for later, and all that kind of stuff. They were an incredible resource for knowledge, and I've always wanted to work. In, in like in a library to see what it's really like and it was a brilliant taste and that's just academics um, for let's say extracurricular I have worked with RAG so I've worked with charities for the last two years and because of them I have grown incredibly like I've managed to go to London and be I basically stick to and shout nicely at people. Uh, it's like if they want it, if they can give me spare change to just and, and bring and, and bring awareness about multiple diseases, diseases and sicknesses, and being able to just help people and then getting involved with these people that want to help people and knowing what they want to do, their passions for it. Like you eventually becoming part of that has given me to a network of so many people that just want to change the world. And it's to such a degree that I still want to do it. <laughs> so even when I come back from my master's, I'm going to rejoin them and do as much as I can. Because being, it's even in England, it's the same with uni. You eventually get into a group and you find these people that are like-minded. You get involved with that. You become part of that. And you realize you've got so much potential as a group that I always say this, that we can literally change the world. Maybe not in big, huge chunks, but small things and that is enough and oh wow wow that was fantastic wow 
Cool. Oh, I'm glad. That's great to hear. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you climbed the mountain. I felt. I, oh, I mean, yeah, but that's a bit obvious, isn't it? <laughs> oh yeah, and I climbed the mountain. <laughs> oh, yeah. Charlie climbed. The thing is, you think that, but really, every, everyone else, yeah. everyone else, eventually has some great story like that. I've climbed one. There are people now that's climbed five, and I'm just there like. <laughs> Oh, that's nice. <laughs> that is more than any of us have probably done. True. So. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, this is going to sound so big-headed, but I've done so much in the last three years that, like Alex said and like Charlie said, I never would have believed I could have done before. I've obviously been president of KCAS for the last year, and with that group of people, they're just so incredible, so dedicated. Like, we put on a play that was... The gods were telling us not to do it. At every opportunity, we had something go wrong. And then it wasn't until about the last two weeks that finally everything aligned for us and it all just went on and everyone had such a great time. And we it was still... a very good play. I saw it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, There's a lot of blood, sweat and tears that went into that one. Um, but then, obviously, amongst the play, we went to Athens at the beginning of this year and we've been to Rome and Pompeii and that's been incredible. I've seen parts of the world that I never would have gone to otherwise and I would have the opportunity to go to. Um, I've done it with some of my best friends in the whole entire world as well, which is really nice. Um, but then, yeah, obviously, as you said, doing the union elections was something that I never would have thought I'd have put myself out there as much as I did. When I sort of came to university, I was, I was not shy, but I wouldn't have put myself out there as much. But by the end of it, I've had such a good like support system around me. I think that's like the best thing about coming to university for mm. me. Like I love learning and learning Latin and doing museum studies, and it's been such a great experience to know what I want to do later on in life. But the opportunities it's given me and the people I've met because of it, like me and Alex are really close now, and I can't imagine yeah. doing my life without her and like me and Charlie. But the three of us last year in museum studies wouldn't have got through it without you two. <laughs> <laughs> That was a good team. Yeah, it's sort of the people that you meet that really made my university experience and like everyone on the department here has been so lovely and kind and they're the sort of people that just inspire you to do whatever you want. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, they really like push you to find your niche and to really do what you love to do. Mm. And sort of the union is my break from education, I guess, but I want to do a master's in heritage studies of some kind because that's really what I found that I love the most but I'm going to continue trying to self-teach myself Latin and stuff like that so I just yeah I just had a great time here (laughs) (laughs) I think it's that being put out of your comfort zone is one of the things I've particularly enjoyed I couldn't do public speaking before I came to university and now you're a professional I hate to do it Um, and being able to go into schools and colleges and do do the outreach stuff and be able to confidently talk to people. I, I probably don't come across as somebody who has a great deal of problem with confidence, but I was petrified when we started doing that. The museum studies really, really helped, and, and that job's really helped. And it, it just... Having the chance to do these things that you wouldn't have been able to do otherwise and having supportive people around you, whether that's yourselves as the staff or people like Vicky and Charlie and, 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 and all the other friends we've made. Just absolutely life changing. I'm never leaving. <laughs> stuck with me. I am staying forever. I absolutely thoroughly enjoyed these How three years. How many PhDs can you do? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> many PhDs do you think I'm going to be allowed to do? None, <laughs> so in overall, I get the general impression that none of you would say you're quite the same person you were when you came into oh, university. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah. But for the better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, in a good way. Mm. So, so take me back a little bit then. Why, why choose to do ancient history and why choose to go to Kent? And this isn't like, as in like, so university to me, just more just like, so what, but what, what is it? Like, what is it that, oh, this is, this is, sorry, I'm sick of okay. this one because this is the funniest thing I've ever done. But when I, I, I went, um, I, I went to sixth form, which wasn't the best time, I can tell you, if they were not the most supportive group my um, sixth form. Uh, and then I went to college and went to an access to higher um, education. However, because of sixth form, I was like, I'm not going to get the grades, and then high grade universities won't give me. So I went for the, uh, the currently lower down of the, you know, like the leadership board. <laughs> so I was like, no, no, no. And eventually I realized there was one space left. And I saw Kent, and I looked at and I've always been interested in it. Because I was like, you know what, fucker it. They're going to say no, but at least I tried. And then the next thing, next thing I found is like, yeah, we'd like to talk to you in an interview. And I was like... Uh, you fucking what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what? And then I came here and I had lovely, I, can't, I never actually studied with those two, but they were so lovely to talk to. And we were just talking about like, like the old Athenian myths and Celtic stuff and all that kind of stuff. It became less of an interview and more just an ongoing discussion. And I found out a week later, they were just like, yeah, we'd like you to come along. We want you to come to Kent. So I was just like, well, yeah, I mean, God, yeah, I mean, this was meant to be a joke, but okay, let's treat this as something seriously, shall we? Um, and then the archaeology and ancient history bit is because I've always been interested in the past and I've always liked, and I've always been interested in understanding it and also I, I like preserving it as well. Like museum studies was brilliant to be able to be able to help understand how things are preserved and having a better understanding of why they should be. So the ancient history was almost like instinctive. Because it was something I always felt gravitated towards. Okay. I spent, as I said, 20 years working. And when we sold our family business, I found myself at 40 years old going, oh, shit, now what? Where, where do I go from here? My partner's a lecturer here at, uh, at Kent, so I knew a lot more about university than I did when I left school. Um, our sole encouragement to come to university when I was in sixth form was our head of sixth form. Every time he saw us in the sixth form building was yelling, have you done your UCAS application yet? And that was the sum total of the information we had at university. No online stuff, you had to get physical prospectuses. I just thought university was going to be like school and I didn't really enjoy school. But I found myself free to choose my own future. I thought, okay, I've never been to university. I'd really like to give it a try. Um, and I emailed the department and said, how, how can I do this? Um, and I had an email back from Efrasini saying, actually, yes, the university would, would take me based on the fact that I've got an open university degree. But by then I'd looked into doing access, um, which I did then at Canterbury College, spent a year doing that, trying out study again, which really helped make me see how you, um, about reading again, about essay writing, about researching um, and they also taught us to do referencing which was invaluable and I applied to Kent because Owen works here um, I did also apply to Christchurch but their degree is a lot more recent history which didn't really interest me but I've always been fascinated by classics I'm fascinated by ancient Egypt I, I didn't know I was fascinated by Rome 
until I got here, I thought I was going to be more interested in, in Greek history. Um, and we seduced you into the cooler side. <laughs> <laughs> right into the dark side. Um, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested in literature and in history. I'm really sorry. I'm not, I love the results of archaeology, but I'm not interested in the, the process and, and doing it. But it's the history and the literature that I really like. Yeah, just absolutely fascinated now. And I love learning. I can't imagine not learning. I'm interested in so many different things. Maybe I'm just nosy. <laughs> Probably just nosy. But I, I love learning. So that's why I'm not going anywhere. Just to note, archaeology is very interesting. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fascinating, but I don't want to do it. <laughs> well, the good thing is that we cater to all sorts. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I took ancient history on a bit of a whim, actually. Um, I really I knew that I really wanted to go to university um, it was between history and English my twin sister does English and American literature and history at Kent as well we did pick our university separately um, we had a different top five but Kent was both of our number ones just purely by accident but we came here fell in love um, I saw Ray Lawrence and Rosie Wilde oh, yes. on the open day that I came to, and I was a lost little puppy walking around the history and English tent just trying to work out what I wanted to do past ancient history and sort of stopped, started having a chat, saying I was interested in history and the bits of history I was really interested in, and they won me over. <laughs> so <laughs> then I started looking at ancient history courses elsewhere, but I couldn't. I couldn't get over the enthusiasm and how happy they were. Like, I've got taught by Ray in my first year, and obviously he's no longer at the department, but... It's gone to a better place. Australia. <laughs> Australia. <laughs> yeah. Um, and obviously Rosie's been invaluable in the last year, helping me with Last Strata and all of KCAS stuff, but I don't think they or any of the department really understand, like, how much of a effect that they have on like us choosing to come here like they were pretty much the sole reason why Kent was my number one choice um I just knew that I was gonna fit in here or fit in but you come from Colchester right uh I come from uh South End six year okay. so I have grown up like knowing the Roman history and things like that and we used to go on school trips every year <laughs> even though it's not a Roman church. Yep, that's what we're going to get. If you learn one thing for every time here, it's the, that church in Colchester. Oh, no, 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 Talked to us and then he went away, and then Rosie bounced in and talked to us and went away. Yeah. And I remember turning to my friend who had come with um, from college and saying, "Oh my goodness, if they're all like that, imagine what this is going to be like. This is going to be amazing." And they are all and like they that. all are, are all like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There was no question after no. after that day. Mm. I learned out the hard way though that I was not. I do not do Greek history. Turns out, um, Roman is definitely more my thing. And like you said earlier, like I've had a long-term love affair with Ovid in the last couple of years. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, so, he yeah, Roman and Latin is my, my jam yeah. at the minute. But... Creepy, though. He's been dead about <laughs> how many thousands of years. Yeah, that attractive anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what, what advice would you give to somebody now who is thinking about going to university? It doesn't necessarily have to be Ken, but I suppose just generally speaking, obviously, you know, 
you've been to Kent, so that's your kind of experience. But somebody who's heading into undergraduate now, they're going to start this September. What would you? What kind of advice would you have to give to them? Utilize all of the resources that are given to you. So if I have to use Kent as an example, which I have to, um, for example, SLAS is an incredibly useful <laughs> place to go to because yeah. before that, my grammar was utter nonsense. Like, what, is, what is SLAS? What does it stand for? Uh, so, I can't remember off the top of my head. Student <laughs> Learning Advice. Service. Uh, God, I hope they managed to get that. But yeah, it was incredible. They helped me um, with my flow. They helped me with my grammar and all that kind of stuff. Whereas if I was to do that by myself, I, <laughs> I, I would be getting 50s, uh, most likely. Um, but... Uh, that's just one thing. Every every university has so many resources just for not not just them. Um, for example, writing stuff and so forth. They have some stuff like CVs and extracurricular stuff, and obviously helping you find information in the first place. A lot of students in the first year have uh, God, I feel so old for saying this. Have the tendency to kind of half-ass it. Yes. We, I, I mean, I, just because they know it's first year, and because they don't have to get the top grades. They feel um, they feel like they don't have to go fully into it, and I'm not saying they have to rush into it like a third year. I'm saying they should at least experiment and at least get, know what will help them for second year at least, instead of suddenly having to go through all of it again in second year where everything completely matters. Like there are resources to be used, at least have an idea of what they are, experiment with them a bit. So when you do need them for the future, you will know what to do. Lay some foundations. Yes, because if not, you just you're just going to it's going to be a bit more difficult and a bit of a struggle. And obviously, if university isn't meant to be a struggle, it's it's meant to be a learning curve. But it's not meant to be you grabbing random papers in the middle of the night, having to find out what goes where, what spelling needs to be used, what kind of referencing style needs to be done. I'm not talking from experience. <laughs> of course not. Of course not. Not like we've all been there. No, no, no. <laughs> But yeah, that's what advice I'd give. Um, I'd say two things. I'd say, first of all, study something that fascinates you. Don't study something because somebody at home says that's what you should, that's your subject. Don't do business studies if you really want to do English or you really want to do history or whatever. Do what makes you happy because three years is a long time to study something. And if you study something that makes you miserable for three years because you think you can make millions of pounds doing it or get a really good job afterwards, it's going to make you miserable for the next 40 years as well. Um, so study something that fascinates you because you, you need to be driven and excited to go and get in the library and do the reading and do the work and get involved. Um, and nobody wants to wake up in the morning and think, oh, goodness me, I don't want to go and do accountancy or law or whatever it is that that you're doing because you think there's a purpose at the end of it. Obviously, if you want to be a doctor, you have to study medicine. But if you're not sure what subject, then, then pick something. Um, and the other thing I would say is take, a, take advantage is not the right phrase because it sounds very negative. But building on what Charlie said, take advantage of the staff in the department. Go and see them. Go and talk to people in their office hours. Get to know them. And their passion for the subject is as we just said, is infectious. 
And if you've got any queries, go and knock on the door. They are really not as scary as we all thought they were in the first year. Really, really not. And just going and knocking on the door and saying, help, I don't understand this. Um, I remember in the first year going and seeing Richard about Latin and I was terrified to knock on his door and say, please help me, I don't understand this. And I said, yes, come in, sit down, yes, brilliant, it explained it. And I had an hour of one-to-one help in his office hour and I left there thinking, yes, I can do this now, knowing that I could do the work. Don't suffer in silence, go along and get involved. And in the meantime, you get to know the staff and that's a benefit to everybody. I'd definitely agree with that. The amount of times that I've come in to see you or Richard or Max or anyone and just gone, I've got this five-minute question, an hour later, you're leaving their office and you just feel ten times better than you did when you walked in because everything suddenly makes sense. But um, my main piece of advice would probably be just do everything. (laughs) Um, If you get given an opportunity, just don't say no. There have been so many opportunities that I've not necessarily been given, but I've put myself in anyway um, and I think my life at university has been better for it and also the these little counteracts what Charlie says but grades are just a number and at the end of the day like if you get a 2-2 overall or 2-1 overall or first it doesn't really matter you went to uni and you survived it and you came out the other side and people don't really care what number comes after it it's the fact that you've done that and alongside your degree you managed to be an ambassador and join RAG and be a member of a like, society that went alongside your academic studies and everything is you have to put it in proportion if you're sat in your room 24-7 working you're not going to enjoy university as much as the person next to you who's balancing work as well as everything else and I'm not saying that work is not important because I can feel every academic listening to this rolling their eyes right now (laughs) 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 work is obviously important but I think it's important not to stress yourself out I had too many upsets in my first year and first year didn't count (laughs) but having gone through it now I know that I tried really hard in first year to set those foundations but I'm at the end of it now and not all of my grades were the best, but they don't necessarily always matter. So I think just take every opportunity you can and put everything into perspective because there's no point whittling away your hours by yourself when you can be meeting new people and having the experiences for your life. Actually, bouncing off that, you have a perfectly valid point. Uh, <laughs> um, it's, it's also off that is making the realistic standards. Yeah. Like, you, you might as well make the foundations, but when you go into uni and think, all right, I'm going to do my best to get, like, 68 or 72, it's not the stuff, and if, and if you ever get anything low with that, don't don't wreck yourself, because I remember plenty of times getting, like... Yeah. Yes, you. Um, getting, 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 like, getting a, um, like a 62 or a 65 instead of a 68 or a, or a first, and I was just there just being like, failure, failure, uh, which is obviously an absolutely stupid point. Like, it's Crazy still, high standards. I, I know, I, I know, right? Yeah, crying uh, over 68. I know, it's... Uh, not good. Uh, <laughs> that was me. I know, I know. Uh, it's, uh, yes. Mm. Uh, it's making realistic standards. Like, you have so many other opportunities in university, and I and just like Vicky said, at the end of the day, as long as you... Just, as long as you pass, basically, and feel like 
you've utilized out all the time you have instead of it just being like I've utilized time to get this to get this grade to do this utilize your time to feel like you're doing the best you are doing academically and then the best you're doing outside of it yeah. like university is an incredible experience both in and out of the academics and if you just if you experience either fully the academics or fully the extracurricular stuff you will still be missing something if you experience both you'll just have the best ride of your life. Nice. I mean, I think the thing to bear in mind as well is that uh, as undergraduates, one, I think, I don't get anybody to the finished article, but you're going to have points where you're going you're to get grades that it's not as high as you expect it to be. And as you say, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Also as well, I think if you're going to go, once you leave university, you're going to go on as well. Uh, unfortunately in life you're going to hit points where you don't get the job that you want to or you're going to apply for or whatever you know things aren't going to necessarily work out and it's kind of learning how to deal in part with those kind of how you respond to 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 not achieving what you hoped you would I mean obviously as well like the thing about academia is that I think it's always the caveat is it's very subjective rather than objective as well and I mean as, as I've said before to people when even if you go on in academia and then if you become an actual academic uh, working at university, you can submit a journal article and you can be completely utterly ripped to shreds. It doesn't matter if you've got a PhD. <laughs> Somebody once said to me in feedback that they questioned whether or not English was my first language. Uh, I've, I've had <laughs> other people have read and uh, had pretty similar bad feedback because it's anonymous, so people can say whatever they want essentially, wow. uh, and it can be pretty brutal, far, far more brutal than what you get as a feedback as a as an undergraduate, but. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not about saying that at all. You shouldn't ever say that anybody's feedback is unnecessary and it's not very constructive. But the thing is, is that, yeah, as I say, like, it, it doesn't matter, like, however far you progress, you're still gonna, you're gonna have those knockbacks. So when you have it an undergraduate, it, it matters, but it's not, it doesn't it's matter. It's not the end of the world. Yeah, it's it? not the end of the yeah. world. And as I say, I think part of the university learning curve as well is responding to those kind of setbacks sometimes or yeah. not getting the marks that you want and being able to kind of move on from that. But you all done fine, so. <laughs> and also looking at the feedback and, and saying, okay, why did I drop that grade? And then taking going and speaking to a member of staff and making absolutely certain you know why you got it and then making those changes for the future ones which has made a tremendous difference to me with a good chunk of help from the student learning and advisory people as well but at least to understand why and then you can choose whether or not to make those changes but yeah definitely university is an experience you get out of it what you put in mm. I think my mum would say yeah um, I think and, would be very great yeah and if you put a lot into it then it can be an astonishing experience and I think we've all had an experience we wouldn't change yeah Mm -hmm. definitely because we mentioned earlier you all talked about um, back into higher education what kind of ideas has your undergraduate given you for the future moving forward and I don't mean that necessarily isn't like long long term future but say like you're going to do a masters have you got anything in mind that you want to look at when you're doing that masters anything in particular that you want to focus on leading on from your undergraduate I suppose for example like things like your dissertations mm-hmm. like did you want to take what you looked at that any further or do you want to just oh is there what, what from your undergraduate what has really stood out that you want to kind of carry forward in future there we go that's a good way of putting it <laughs> I'm not letting Latin poetry go that's for certain I'm not done with Ovid by a long way I've never known what I wanted to be when I grew up I'm 44, I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up, so I guess I'm never going to find out. Um, but I'm enjoying this 
journey through college and then through my undergraduate degree and then we'll go into masters and we'll see where the next two years takes me I've got a lot on my plate with that so we'll see what happens yes I may be interested in doing a PhD who knows I don't know I don't know whether I'm good enough to do that but we'll see what happens but certainly my dissertation will involve Latin for certain for the MA dissertation? For the yeah. MA, yes. Yeah. yes. Well, you know, sometimes it's the journey that is home. Say that one, maybe. You are the teacher. For me, I, ever since I've been young, I've always wanted to... <laughs> a childhood dreams. Um, I've always wanted to be in a museum. I work as like a head archivist, being involved with the artifacts, having preserved them and so forth. So give it, give it 2,000 years and you could be, but... <laughs> wow, funny! Uh, <laughs> um, um, Jesus Christ, David. Uh, I found that way too funny. I know, I know, I know. I'm trying to... I'm trying to, I'm trying to uh, uh, I'm quite happy. I mean, I don't, I don't like people who have different opinions on it. I'm quite happy one day if they want to stick my remains in a museum. We are really macabre in this area. I swear it's like a degree, we're already macabre. <laughs> uh, just, sorry, I'm, I'm going off this last Has anybody ever watched Scrubs? Have you ever seen yeah, Scrubs? Yeah. There's an there's episode where JD thinks about his funeral and he wants to basically be like stuffed and he stands at the front of the church, like, like dead and stuffed with his arms open so everybody has to hug his corpse. <laughs> That's, that I can do that in a museum. They can just put me in a museum and they can stretch out my hands and you can cut me and you go. Standing in reception with, with a, holding a pot with the leaflets and the maps for the yeah. visitors in. Okay, not, not, not talking. This isn't this is the derogatory about another university. This yeah. is simply an observation. UCL, you know about the guy at UCL? The, there's the guy, like, I don't think he's one of the founders, but he was the guy that like gave tons of money to UCL in the, basically, I think, the Victorian period. Right. And he is now his head no it was the head of his body all of him is stuffed in UCL and they had to wheel yes. him out into board meetings for the university like no, no I'm not even joking that genuinely has like, if they're having like a university is, board meeting is that like a binding contract yeah, yeah. when he died it's like you have to keep me in the board meetings I can't miss a meeting is that <laughs> how it works yeah wow. absolutely yeah yeah true true and there's photographs where he's just sat in the corner when they're having a discussion like table so weird how yeah creepy. Yeah. We don't have anything like that again. No. Uh, yeah, be me one day. Though, yes, uh, <laughs> maybe you'll be back. Is it, is, it, is it really bad that the first thing I'm thinking about is just like that can't be good for the environment? At some point, that body's going to have to be thrown away. Oh, I'm not sure. Everyone, is he into all of Like, does it biodegrade? That, that's what I think. My brain's got preserved. I hate to be the one to say this, but everybody gets thrown away at some point. I know, <laughs> like, I know, but my brain, like, the first. My brain's probably a bit weird considering that's the first thing I never thought. Is it eco friendly? <laughs> Your brain is weird. Uh, yes. I love uh, you. Uh, We've gone off on a really far tangent. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, you. Yeah. Back to Charlie. What was the original question? You. When you were younger, you wanted to. Oh yeah, to oh yeah, I wanted to be in a, a museum and <laughs> an, an archivist or something like that. But now it's shifted a bit. Where I would possibly like to get into academic teaching, um, or maybe at the low, at the lowest kind of learning uh, sixth form because I can't go into GCSE. I, w- I hated GCSE when I was in GCSE. So God me going in there now and trying to teach all those little <laughs> snots without killing someone, I'll just be like. Uh, but yeah, I would like to either, uh, to go into that uh, and uh, to to teach and actually help 
people like I was like I've talked to all of the um, like professors and uh, like chemistry students and that kind of stuff. And the fact, and everyone, I always feel like all, like everyone has a drive to want to help people learn as well. Mm-hmm. And I and I really, really because of that, I really want to help people learn in the future as well. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 a it's like a mixed bag almost. Yeah. That sounds quite altruistic, but I think one of the favorite things I've got in helping a lecturer is actually just teaching people. I know it sounds very basic, but I mean, like in terms of helping somebody and the reward you get when they actually do, they do quite well as well and they kind of appreciate it and yeah you do actually make a difference which is I mean it's kind of going back to what you were saying earlier about making a difference like when you actually feel that you've had a positive impact on somebody's life that's, that's a very kind of rewarding thing I mean it's great you know writing articles or books or whatever but that's not quite the same as yeah it's not quite rewarding in the same way as actually having a you know having somebody who for example if you have somebody who finds it hard to talk about of seminars but then in your classes they actually find they're able to do it that's you know that's quite a good thing to know that you've been able to do for someone to kind of facilitate that help them kind of build up a bit like you were saying about like public speaking things yeah um, seeing yes. I suppose overall just seeing students progress and, and knowing yes. that you've played a role in that is a very very rewarding thing to to experience yeah. um I am not doing anything about my dissertation at undergrad at postgrad because whilst I loved Ovid and it was great, um, Alex will attest to the amount of stress I put myself under trying to force that dissertation out of me. Um, so that's getting dropped in. Giving birth to Ovid, there we go, that's a. That's a... Like, that is great. Yeah. 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 My picture rolled in my head, but thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I'm going to go more into the museum side of things and obviously Kent Union itself is a charity so I'm going to get invaluable work alongside working with charities and put myself out there. So I'd love to go into like more front of house at museums, I think. Um, and I know years ago I was like, oh, I hate archaeology, but it's not that bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I love like finds and the analysis of all of that. So I'd love to be able to do something like that or working with school groups and museums um I got to do a little bit of that in my internship um I helped run a couple of school sessions at the Beanie and that was just such an incredible experience um I've also sort of had my hand at curating and things like that and turns out I'm not so good at that (laughs) I do not have an artistic eye at all um but yeah I'd love to go into like more either behind the scenes so the finds analysis or do more front of house and hands-on experiences with the public because I think it's like Charlie was saying and like you were just saying it's the passing on the knowledge Mm. it's like that learning I've learned so much and I just want to teach everyone else um but that's probably more my own problems than it is everyone else's but yeah I'd love to just go into something like that but obviously I've got a year out before I need to start thinking about what I'm going to write about. But. It's worth, uh, if you're interested in find something, look at, um, you can do an experience with the portable antiquity scheme. People bring stuff in and they have to, they have to identify it. Um, actually, it wouldn't have come out. No, it hasn't come out yet when we're recording this, but it will come out before this one goes out. One for you. Uh, the episode prior to this is with Richard Hobbs, who's the curator of the Romano British Gallery, the British Museum. Uh, Richard was saying that part of his kind of experience was doing the Portable Antiquity Scheme, 
where uh, yeah I mean he's like many Roman stuff but like doing that people just bring in just completely random crap and then he'd have to be like I have to identify this now and he was like it was a steep learning curve but it taught him quite a lot about just finds and stuff so yeah and now he's curator of British Museum so there you go that's a that's a that's a mark of quality there yeah. so yeah okay just drawing it to to a close then I mean have you guys got any kind of final thoughts at all or any, any final words that you want to I mean, usually at this point, I ask people to like sell anything they want to. Do you have anything you want to sell? <laughs> like, <you're free. laughs> Is this where you sell your own book? Or <laughs> no? Oh, well, I mean, I ask people if they want to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not like I called it at all, and any of my essays when I sent them to you. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, a, a funny thing I would say is just to any undergraduates, just have a laugh, enjoy it. <laughs> like at the end, of, I mean, like 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 Vicky said earlier, it's it's. And you and and David said as well. You you're gonna you're gonna bugger up at some point. No offense. At some point, you're just gonna eventually be like, oh dear. But the thing is, with that, you'll bounce back. Like if you if you get a really good if you were part of a course like Alex said that you really love, you, instead of seeing as oh I don't deserve to be here, you just think it. All oh, right, I have to do something different. Just just enjoy it. See everything new. See every experience. Get involved. Get do as much as you can. And you are just going to have the best time of your life. Yeah, I think I've just thoroughly enjoyed being here. Um, and whether it's the academic side or outreach work, where I've met some astonishing human beings, whether they've been 14 years old or um, in schools or, or, or mature students, it's it's been amazing. It's it's a different experience being a mature student at university. It can be a bit isolating to start with because you feel as though everybody else knows everybody else because they're all living together and, and they've they've made friends already. And it's really really difficult actually in those first few weeks. I found it to um, to make friends. Um, and these two were amongst the, the, the first friends I, I made. Um, Charlie and I over a conversation about oh why, God, the, first time we why, why the Persians invaded Greece. Um, and, um, and there's nothing really like doing language like Latin to, to really bring people together. So that's I think true. that's the earliest I made friends really was, was over the academic side. But I wouldn't change this experience for the world. I still remember the first time we ever, ever actually talked. It was in one of our first, I think it was one of our, I think our first ever seminars. And we were the only ones who were really talking in it. So at the end of it, uh, I went up, I I talked to uh, to Ada and I was just like, I'm really sorry. I talked so much in that seminar. I probably took so much time, space, blah, blah, blah. Next thing I hear is just like, actually, I was about to say the same thing. So says Alex. And after that, we just happened to bond. And after that, we we were like, we were like powered through every seminar that we were ever in. We sat and chat, chatted to Ada for a while, and then we spent the next three quarters of an hour, Charlie and I, walking across campus, still talking about Xerxes and, <laughs> and his invasion. Um, so yeah, it's it's been a been an amazing experience. Mm. It really has. It's been something like incredible. But I'm gonna take my time to say thank you to the department. Like yes. honestly, mm. without them, I would not have had half the experience I would have had here. And this last year with the Classic Society, we've done so much, but we only would have done that. We could only have done that with the help of the department. And I can honestly say that I have looked up to so many people here for so long. And it's so great when you bump into someone down the corridor and you sort of know who they are and you're not expecting them to know who you are. And they sort of say, oh, well done on like the play or, oh, you finally finished your degree. You must be so proud. And it's just... 
wow sort of moment but um that's probably me just fangirling over academics because <laughs> <laughs> that's what I've really learned to do at university if um, that's you then it's me as well yeah, yeah. The support from the staff has been incredible academic and professional services has been astonishing um and yeah it's been a been a pleasure to to work with him mm. it really has it's like I wouldn't even be able to do my dissertation if it wasn't for the people here. Like I, like Efesini, I remember the amount of times to I, yeah, I know. I went to, uh, like even, like a half a year before like the, even the idea of a dissertation came up. I was just like, what do I need to do? And the amount I had like four meetings <laughs> with Efesini in our office hours, just he- her helping me come up with an idea for my dissertation. And if it wasn't for her, I would. Oh God, I'll be in the worst state that you could possibly imagine. <laughs> uh, but, and Richard Patterson. <laughs> Christopher. Christopher. Ah, too many names, names. I always get names mixed up. I was in the last ones. Um, but he, I remember him in my bio, uh, what was it? Uh, it was during the Roman. In prison biography? I, 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 in prison biography. I think it was that one. But I remember having us and having his lectures and seminars with him, and I'll admit it was the biggest fun. I've had in my life like one time he just came in I think it was like the equivalent of like a, like a, like a dress down day and he just came in joggers and what I could only describe as a pyjama shirt and he's just like alright listen you're going to get the you know, listen I don't care what you think what I'm wearing right now you're going to learn and it was just it was just <laughs> he's, oh, he was, he's been one of my favourite people to ever be taught by and I'm oh god now I'm suddenly realising I won't be taught by them for a long time yeah. oh god it really is the end of the era my favourite moment probably this year was when we had the um, toga party. Oh yeah, oh, the staff and students, and you can tell so the students he really care because we were all here. Mm. Um, but that was really fun because it yeah. was one of those moments where you suddenly realise like everything that you've done has sort of accumulated in this one massive society. And in first year, yeah. you guys are right; like you're so petrified of going to talk to the lecturers, yeah. and then at the end of it, you just realise that they're just people who enjoy teaching the same <laughs> subjects as, or you hope they enjoy teaching you obviously do but yeah um, but yeah it's been really and they, great fun and they care that you yeah. can mm-hmm. um, and that makes a and that makes a tremendous difference yeah, yeah dissertation Dunstan was just so supportive and even when I was a bit lost or thinking I wasn't really doing very well just that no you're on track that's great keep doing it Send me some more stuff. Brilliant. Just made such a difference yeah. mm-hmm. to think, yeah, okay, I can do this. Because imposter syndrome is rife. Mm. Everywhere. Um, but that bit of encouragement that says you're on track, you're doing well, you can do this, makes more difference than anything. The dental guidance does brilliantly. I remember the yeah. first time I, I ever had... I went to anyone, it was with Ray Lawrence's, one of his office hours, right. and it was the first time, and I went there, and I was petrified, so I, and I came yeah. in, like, I hadn't, I, and back in those days, I had no pads for the plans, and alternative plans, and all that kind of stuff, and I go in there, I was like, alright, I got this, that, and the other, and he looked at me, and he just said, nah, just don't do that, you're doing fine, you're doing great, alright, have you done this, that, and the other, yeah, have you done more, technically, yes, just like, then why the hell are you nervous? Get out! He <laughs> <laughs> was, was just, it was just like, what are you talking about? You're doing perfectly fine. What's with the nerves? What? And that kind of, that kind, of, that, and and the like, and it's, and the, like, it's brilliant to have eventually realizing because before you ever go, before like, if you don't go into the office hours, you think every kind of lecturer and and, and, and someone I'll lead it is just kind of this kind of person that is like. Mm-hmm. 
It's like you are but a small peon that knows nothing about this person, knows everything about that kind of stuff. Uh, whereas you go on the office hour, you just really, it's just you just eventually have such a laugh with them. And, yeah. Oh, uh, I'm gonna miss that too. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Right. <laughs> we're all so keen and happy, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. It's great. If, you, if we'd recorded this, you were like, it was crap. Awful. I can't wait to get out. I've got those 9am lectures. <laughs> <laughs> I do have one quick question to finish on. Yeah. Uh, this is more for you two, though. What was your favourite gift that I used in lectures? Oh. <laughs> Do you know what, actually? I know everyone used to groan and roll their eyes at those, but... No, some people did laugh. I laughed, but it's one of those things, like, lecturers are only... can only do so much in a lecture, but when people put the effort in, like, you do, like, to put in those gifts, like, you do sort of have to have a chuckle and sort of... That's one of the things that makes you realise that these people are just human. Mm. Like, you've got to really, like, have a sense of humour to be sat in a lecture... But I think you sort of bring out the conviviality of a good seminar <laughs> sometimes. Mm. My favourite one, you used a Simpsons one once. Oh, really? And I can't remember what one it was. But was it the. I think it was the Homer one going into a bush. <laughs> but I can't even remember how, but I just remember seeing it on the screen. And it was just one of those. We used to have really early lectures, and I was just sat there like. Is that right in Britain? Yeah. yeah. And I was just like. <laughs> What is happening? <laughs> you just sort of get over it and just laugh. But that's one of my favourites. I was hoping you were going to say the cat from going across the Alps. Oh, I forgot about that one. That just left everyone just looking really confused about that one. Okay. It took a while, but <laughs> most of them do. It's because the Romans were cats to Britain, so and I was trying to find a gift to go with it, but I couldn't find anything. So I had an image of a cat like walking across some mountains on its hind legs. It's great, it's great. And um, my one was do the barbarians in the West. Um, and it was the one where you got like it was from one of the Star Wars prequels, and you know, and it was and like um, what was it? Uh, the Darth Maul being cut in half. Oh, and I was, and I remember, I was tapping down like a lunatic to catch up because no offense, I wake up late to your lectures. <laughs> um, and I always remember typing just trying to catch up. Next thing I hear, I just see one of my friends go, "You have to be shitting me!" And I look up and I just see that image just constantly going from get form, and I'm just like. <laughs> Who was it you superimposed onto the Star Wars movie theatre poster thing? Uh, it was oh, Boudicca. I had to, it was the three. It was Boudicca, Caractacus, and Calgacus. Uh, oh, yeah. so like the three three kind of major rebellion <laughs> leaders in Britain. So it was the rebellion against the Empire. And I had I had one female, two males, and a Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, and Princess Leia. It worked so well. You uh, look so pleased with yourself. I was. <laughs> Uh, you can tell where I get my kicks from in lecturing. <laughs> okay, right. Well, now we've established that. That's, that's what we're here uh, Right, well, thank you very much. And, thank you. Brilliant. Uh, Thanks for listening to Copy and Circuses. The Roman poet Juvenal once said, people will be content as long as you give them bread and circuses. But if I'm going to talk to somebody, I'd rather do it over coffee than bread. You can find me, David Walsh, on Twitter at D underscore J underscore Walsh, or contact me about the show at coffeeandcircuses at gmail.com. That's with a full and. Don't forget, you can subscribe, rate and review the show on iTunes and Spotify. Big thank you to the Institute of Classical Studies, who support the podcast via one of their public engagement grants. The theme tune is La Cajora, 
by Royal Music, available for download at freemusicarchive.org. And in the background right now, you can hear an 8-bit version of the Indiana Jones theme by Miles Metal, originally by John Williams, but you all know that, which is available on YouTube. Thanks again for listening, and remember, it's better to be a gladiator than a Diocletian.